Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week, we have Gold Steps. Alternative Press has named them in their 10 unsigned bands to keep an eye on in 2021 and aptly called their music a fusion of pop punk and post-hardcore with cathartic emo vocals and lyrics and make up for an electric blend of their own. For a band that says they've never felt like part of of the in-crowd, this is just one of the many alkaloids ringing throughout the industry. The band has been featured in Rock Sound, has several features in Alternative Press, a spot on the San Antonio's Warp Tour, So What?, Summerfest, and South by Southwest official showcases. They've even shared the stages with acts like Belmont, As It Is, Forever Came Calling, The Ataris, Aaron Gillespie, of Under Oath and The Almost, and more through regional and national tours. So this week, we get to talk to all the members of Gold Steps. So let's get right into it. Here we go. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week, we have Gold Steps. And um, so Mike is on drums, Zach is on guitar, Liz on vocals, and Ryan on bass. So how are you guys doing today? Awesome. Good. Doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Why don't you guys give us, give the audience, your origin, your music origin story, kind of how you got started into music and, you know, like a quick summary about how it got you into Gold Steps. All right. Cool. Well, I was playing music since I was a kid. I started playing drums as soon as I could sit up. It helps my dad is a musician too. So he, he raised me with piano and all that stuff. So I've been doing it since I was a kid. Very cool. Yep. Um, I actually started out playing bass uh, in orchestra, the stand up bass, the double bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did that all the way through uh, high school. Um, and then I switched to bass guitar. And then from there, I actually started playing guitar and um, formed gold steps back in 2015 2016 um in austin texas um that's where i met liz and she joined the band as well Mm -hmm. yep um i'm kind of similar to mikey like since i could open my mouth and make noise i was singing so most of my childhood was spent being uh being loud for attention um i did a lot of karaoke as a kid started out with country music and then switched over to rock and pop punk because of my dad um and then just sang in choirs and musical theater throughout middle school and high school and then i really didn't start um i tried to start a couple bands in high school it didn't really work out and then moved to austin in 2014 and 
was in another band that didn't work out. And then I joined Zach's band um, in 2015. It was a different band. And then we left that band to start Gold Steps together. Excellent. <laughs> uh, this is similar to these guys. I've been playing music for pretty much my entire life. I picked up the viola in fourth grade for one year. Uh, it was the first year that you could play an instrument in school. And then fifth grade came along and my father promptly switched me over to trumpet because that's what he played when okay. he was in high school. So I played trumpet all the way through high school. Didn't really like it. Uh, and then, you know, during my high school uh, time, I fell in love with rock music and I actually taught myself how to play some songs just because my mom had an acoustic guitar around. And I would like take little pieces of tape and put it on the different frets for when I hit the right note. And I kind of like learned oh, how to cool. play very rude notes that way. So, uh, and then ever since then I was kind of hooked and, and learned to play bass and been playing in bands since probably 2002, I'd say. Okay. And then just recently I moved back from Chicago and uh, at the beginning of 2021 and I met these guys and now I play bass and gold steps with them. Excellent. Excellent. I'm a high school band director by day, so I, I, yeah. So no, I'm also sorry. <laughs> no, so, yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I need to apologize because in my senior year of band, I never learned how to sight read ever. Like I could not do it. Yeah, and I would do practice. But in senior year, there were only two trumpet players. I was second chair because the first guy was a total virtuoso, and he would never show up to class because he knew he was that good. So I'd always be alone on the day where we'd get a new piece of music handed to us. And I had nobody to hide behind. Because I was <laughs> so the band director and I got in a lot of heated arguments many oh, times. Really? <laughs> I mean, it was a love-hate relationship, but we were, we were buddies in the end. So. Well, that's good. That's good. I think all of us have some stories about being maybe not great, well-behaved children. And I did take band for like two years. I was flute. And I was also co-first chair and I just hated it. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I was kind of like the kid that the virtuoso. So I was just like, man, I already know all this stuff. I know all these songs and I'm, I'm bored. <laughs> I switched over to choir cause that was more my thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's all good. We all have our own path. So I don't, I don't look down upon people that are in band and decided to take a different path. That's cool. As long as you're, you know, if music's your thing, then, you know, whatever it takes for you to be in music, that's great. It took years for me to relearn how to whistle after playing the flute. Really? Because you have to reshape your mouth, mm -hmm. like at the like how you blow into the umbra is different. Yeah. And then so I had to retrain myself how to whistle. <laughs> Maybe that's why I hate whistling so much. <laughs> so you, do you have any whistling in any of your songs? No, absolutely, absolutely not. It drives me crazy <laughs> all the time, and I have to be like, guys, it's no, please Poor don't. Pajaritos. Yeah, <laughs> my little girls. Does anybody have like? I know you mentioned like some of you. You have parents that are in, um, musicians as well. Do you find them as like an inspiration or as a deterrent for music? Oh, huge inspiration for me. My dad does the same thing you did. He taught school. I actually just went to a jazz clinic yesterday with my dad. Um, Bert, I forget the name of the pianist, but it was a jazz piano player. He came in, did a little lesson, was talking about music theory, was talking about practicing, was talking about all kinds, the whole thing, composition, phrasing music. Like, it was so awesome. So me and my dad were like this. I play some jazz gigs with him, too, once in a while. Excellent. So. Very cool. Anybody so else dad, have? 
Go ahead. Yeah, my, he's he's got various like musical inspirations, like I, I not even inspirations, just that he listens to it. And um, that's actually what pushed me into playing bass because he loves the bass guitar. Um, so he actually pushed me to do that. And he um, it's definitely more of a like, I want to say he, he supports everything that I do and at my age and you know if if I want to up and quit the quit my job and just go and tour like he's all for it so that's I excellent that's very cool not our dreams mm-hmm. yeah my parents are very supportive as well if it wasn't for my dad I I might have found like more rock and pop punk music on my own but it really started with Every time I would ride in the car with him somewhere, he always had Rock 1021 on. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I heard Blink-182 for the first time and Green Day and got into those bands. That's how I found Sugar Call. And my dad used to take me to concerts all the time. Like he took me to see Green Day and Newfound Glory and Sugar Cult on the American Idiot Tour. He used to drop me off at Warp Tour. Um, he would take me to see bands at Summerfest and stuff like that. So my dad has always just been really into music. My mom's, you know, she's just our number one fan, I would probably say. She's always listening. She'll always tell people about, guess what CD I got in the car today? And I'm like, is it Gold Steps? Because I bet it's Gold Steps. But she's just really sweet. They always wear our shirts to our shows. They came out, they come out to every show, basically, that we play in Milwaukee. Excellent. Very cool. That's good. Yeah, my parents are supportive as well. Um, I wouldn't say they're necessarily influences on me. My Dad gave up trumpet after high school, and he let me give it up too. Thankfully, um, it's it hard. It, it, it's hard on your lips, man. Um, hitting those high registers. Yeah, you know, I'm no Doc Severinsen or mm-hmm. those guys, but um, yeah, no, they they're super supportive. Uh, I wouldn't say to the extent where if I were just to quit my job and, and go on the road, they'd be like, "Oh yeah," uh, <laughs> but it'll if it happens it happens and, and they'll be uh supportive in the end yeah definitely cool have to be, yeah so you the band joint or you guys got together in 2016 and you've been in other bands before that so you've had pre-covid gigs and probably some post-covid i don't know if we call it post-covid yet but we're a couple years you know after the initial why don't we kind of talk a little bit about the venues you perform at um, what kind of places have you guys played at and what places are you looking forward to play at in the future uh, so the, the four of us actually didn't get together until mid pandemic. So Zach and I started gold steps in Austin, Texas with a different lineup. Um, and then we moved back, we moved to Milwaukee in 2019 cause that's, I'm from here. Um, I grew up here and I miss living here. So we moved up here and then joined up with these guys at the end of 2020, um, after taking some time off to like settle into our new digs and then COVID happened. Um, but before the pandemic, I mean, Zach and I, um, in our, the, the first rendition of gold steps, I guess you could call it. Um, we toured quite a bit. Um, we had a, a bus and we toured for the better part. I want to say of 2018 and the early part of 2019 before moving to Milwaukee. Um, we played, um, some pretty decent venues. Um, we played a lot of really big ones down in Austin that were really cool. We played warp tour once in San Antonio, um, we played the Whiskey A Go Go in LA at least once. Was it twice? I think we played twice. We played there twice. Um, so that was kind of cool seeing your name up on the marquee, mm-hmm. but then also kind of seeing like it's almost like a ghost town of what it used to be. Um, and then now that we're kind of building ourselves up here in Milwaukee, we're playing a lot of smaller clubs, which 
it allows us to kind of have like a really intimate experience and really meet people because to them we're brand new. And that's really exciting again to kind of have people be like, how have I never heard of you guys? You guys are awesome. And it'd be like, oh, well, I mean, we've been around, just not around here. Um, but we play a lot at an all ages venue called X-Ray Arcade down in Cudahy. So just south of Milwaukee. Um, that's where the majority of our shows have been lately. And then um, we played some really cool venues in Milwaukee, the Cooperage we're playing at. Um, we like to play breweries. <laughs> We've played Indeed Brewing down on 2nd Street in Milwaukee. And we're also playing at um, the best place at the historic Paps Brewery um, in a couple of weeks. Nice. So, Excellent. Yeah. We'd like to play Summerfest, of course. Wow. We've played on the independent stage there a couple of times called the Rebel Stage. But now that Summerfest has kind of changed wow. their format from being one long 11 day festival to now several weekends, um, kind of more in fashion with what's hip now. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that independent stage comes back in any way, shape or form. Cause that's one of the, the things that made it feel so Milwaukee was it's like, there's this little independent stage in the middle of all these big stages and the local bands who got to play there, maybe they didn't make it onto a bigger stage, but it felt cool to still say like, we played Summerfest. <laughs> And then we got to go watch the other bigger bands. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Excellent. While we kind of talk also about the local scene attitude, obviously you did some gigs down in Texas. Can you kind of give us a comparison between the local scene there compared to what you experienced here in Milwaukee? Um, so down in Austin, there were actually a lot of bands that were very similar in sound to us. I wanted to say, I want to say there's like a pop punk bubble down there where there are even bands that moved from outside of Austin to Austin because of the vibe that was there and the really strong community. Um, off the top of my head, there's a band called Dozer TX. Um, they came out of uh, San, Angelo. San Angelo. They moved to tech to Austin to kind of join up. We were really good friends with them. And then a band um, from South Carolina called Glass Mansions. They moved from South Carolina to Austin um, just because there were better opportunities for them in Austin. Um, but there was a really tight knit scene there. I would say in Milwaukee, the scene is a little bit more diverse. So there aren't as many bands that sound really similar to us, but there's also a lot of people who really dig all the differences in what everybody's doing. And they're really supportive. Um, there's a band called Tigera um, that we're, we've, we've kind of hooked up with and, and played with a couple of times. And they just blow me away with how many shows they go to and support people. Like they popped up at one of our shows randomly and we were just like, Oh my gosh, so cool to see you guys. And I just really think that people in Milwaukee just are really excited for all the other great musicians that they get to play with. And I'll definitely say there's no shortage of talent, um, which kind of surprised me coming from Austin as the live music capital of the world and then coming to Milwaukee. And of course we're in close proximity to Chicago, but there are a lot of talented musicians out there and it's just crazy how you can just look in your own backyard and find these bands that are just, they're killing it. Yeah, absolutely. They should be a lot bigger than they are. Yeah. As Wisconsin is kind of more known as a cover band, not saying cover bands are bad, but are you seeing original music becoming stronger or you still think it's more cover band dominant? Interesting topic. Very interesting topic. So we just played our first cover show in Milwaukee on Friday and it was sold out. It was sold out. It was mind blowing to see that many people. Of course, the words they were singing back to us weren't our songs, but it doesn't really take away from that feeling and that energy and that passion. And we threw in one of our originals too, and people really commented on that and said that they really liked that we mixed it up. Um, 
But I, I really think that I see more original bands. Like, of course, the bands that you see booked at like festivals, not, not necessarily Summerfest, but at like the county fairs and things like that. Those are going to be cover bands because people aren't necessarily there to see a specific musical artist, but they appreciate live music all the same. So it's nice for them to have something that they recognize that they can dance and sing along to. And so I really think maybe because we have so many fairs and festivals like that, that's where we've gotten that reputation. But I really don't think there's any shortage of excellent original live music, not at least not from our experience. And a lot of times, even in Austin, bands would throw one or two covers in their sets. I don't even see that a lot in Wisconsin, which kind of surprised me is everybody plays their original music and people just lose their minds to it just the same. It's it's really cool. So I'd have to say that I, I actually think original music has a really, really strong following here in Milwaukee and Wisconsin at large. Cool. Excellent. What about some things about the local scene that you think is struggling that needs to be helped? Um, personally, as a former resident of Chicago, I feel the sense of community isn't really as profound as it is in a larger city like Chicago or even Austin. Um, we go down to Chicago a lot to see shows and the turnout at all of these venues is incredible, regardless of the day of the week. Um, Obviously, there's a, a little bit of a larger pool of people to draw from, but in the same respect, I feel like Milwaukee is still in, I wouldn't say infancy stage, but it's definitely growing into a larger scene. So uh, I'd like to see more of a community aspect to the music in Milwaukee. Uh, Liz mentioned the band Tagera. They actually hosted uh, an event a couple of months ago at another brewery. Um, the name is escaping me right now. Indeed. Indeed. No, no, no. Not, not oh, the events. Oh, yeah. no company. Yeah, no company. New Barons. Uh, New Barons. New um, they had like a meetup for, for any musician to come uh, to come in and just mingle and get to know each other and kind of build a foundation, build a friendship. And I thought that was super awesome. Like we all went and met a lot of new people there and, you know, saw some of those same people at the show that we played together. So I like when bands kind of take that effort to go the extra step and try to cultivate a community within Milwaukee. So that's one thing that while it's not non-existent, I do feel like it is something that could be worked on to, to be better improved, at least here in Milwaukee. I think a lot of us just haven't found each other yet because we find other bands from playing shows, but we don't necessarily see them uh, like all over the internet or anything for whatever reason. I'm sure it's an algorithm thing with social media, but yeah. it's, you know, it's been kind of crazy to find out how many really good bands there are out there, but we kind of have to explore and find them on our own, which has been a little bit uh, more different from Austin. I would say there were a lot more people seeking out those connections. Whereas here, I think that like basically piggybacking off what you said, Ryan, that there's just people want to find each other. It's like, they're just not sure how to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And I think some of it can also still be attributed to the the pandemic yeah you know, people are totally out ready to totally mingle yet so i think it'll get there though um, i hope so me too i and i hope that we get to a point where i don't think covid's going to go away but it's going to be kind of like the flu and as long as you get your covid shot then we should be safe to go and do our normal stuff and hopefully the scene gets better instead of stagnant now 
you guys have mentioned your album. Let's kind of talk about the process that you guys went through through this last album. What's the name of the album and kind of what was your process from beginning through the recording session to the release? Sure. So um, the EP is called Thick and Thin. Um, and we actually basically flew up our producers. We had two of them. And it was Nick Thompson and Rick King. And we actually recorded everything in our living room, minus drums. Um, we did sample drums, so MIDI drums in there. Um, and then they, we, well, since we flew them out here, they actually flew back home. We went out and tracked drums yeah. uh, a couple times. We did two different tracks. The first time we weren't happy with it. So yeah. uh, that's just the sound of the mics was off. So we went back and did it the second run. So second time came out awesome. Yeah. And we actually did the second time we did it ourselves, yeah. which ended up turning out a lot better. Um, and from there, we've been working with our produce. Uh, we had to switch producers in the middle of this, which made it like hmm. so much longer. We this has been over a year now. Okay, yeah, literally over so, a year. Yeah, for as uh, of this month, for eight <laughs> songs, seven songs, eight songs, and, and three of them were done before we started this record. <laughs> yeah, right. okay. yeah, so, kind uh, of a weird session. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, so we've been working with our old producer in um, Austin. And he's just been amazing to work with. And he's been adding so much of his own personal touch to it. I'm extremely excited uh, to share this uh, EP with everybody. Yeah, I can't wait. We all are. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost done. <laughs> we're just, we're making some final tweaks on an acoustic track that we're adding some fun stuff to. Um, and then that should be the final master um, and then everything should be set to go. And we're hoping originally we were shooting for an early spring release, but I think we're going to end up pushing it back. It'll probably be the later half of the year, but it will be out before the end of the year. We just encountered some exciting things along the way that will um, have to uh, decidedly slow down the release for very good reasons. Never release something you're not ready to release yet. It's what my dad always said. He's like, if, if you're not happy with it, if you don't think you're going to be happy with it, 10 20 years down the road then don't release it until you're ready i mean obviously don't overdo it but you know just make sure it feels right yeah um as a i put my hat in the ring with this local band doing music production and recording and mixing for them i always like to hear how other producers approach things so and maybe listeners would too what kind of things was your producer or what did your producer do to help um, elevate the level of your song that's a good one. I, I mean, just speaking for myself, what I really like is just having a different perspective from, you know, the way that we all hear how the song should sound and having a completely alien perspective on what we give them and seeing what they come back with. I mean, that's, that's a producer's role, right? Right. Like, to hear all of the, the things that aren't there that could be there, things that need to be taken out. Um, but personally, with both of the producers we've worked on, uh, worked with just um, subtle uses of synth. We obviously, we don't have a synth in our band, but that, you know, extra little sprinkle on top of what we already had to kind of really fulfill the sound uh, that a lot of people necessarily wouldn't pick up on if they're listening to it on the radio. Mm -hmm. you, know, kinda, you know, really have that discernible ear to, to pick up on those little things. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so hearing the song over and over and over, and then you hear what's added into it, it's just like, that's the extra little spice that it was missing. Mm -hmm. So that's always been such a joy. There's one song on the album that I play at least once every other day, just because I love it so much. And I think you guys know what song I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. It, the little things like that really, really kind of excite me as far as what a producer's role does okay. personally. Yeah, I think we we stepped away from me. Uh, personally, I've always been a little scared of why would we put out something on the record that we couldn't play live necessarily? And we have never used backing tracks in the past, but it's something that we're exploring now because really that's the way a lot of modern bands are going. It's it's totally accepted to use backing tracks. It doesn't mean that you're lip syncing or that you're not playing your instrument. It's just adding those extra little elements to create a really exciting live show with also like you know i mean i used to think in such a purist format of like two guitars one bass drums vocals what else do you really need and then now to to be opening my mind to these extra little elements that really make a song pop and and especially since the invention of airpods i've gone back and listened to my favorite albums and there's all these little pieces in the production that I could never hear because first of all, my speakers in my car are terrible <laughs> and I don't know how to EQ anything. Um, but just hearing all these extra little sparkles that just make that song so much better. Um, those are the things that we want to bring to our live audience as well. And honestly, it's become so commonplace that we played a show a couple of weeks ago and every band that played, they played DI. They didn't even have amps. It was crazy to me, but it really worked for their sound and all the elements were there. They still played their instruments. They still sang live and it took nothing away from that. So I think we're, we're becoming more open-minded and less Puritan, at least in my experience about like what creates good rock or pop music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of national acts that have been using backing tracks that people don't even know that they're using it. And they've been doing it for years, if not decades. It's just yeah. one of those things that, if you want to thicken up that sound, there's only certain ways you can do it with the people that are on stage that you got to get, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, you got to get something to help support thickening up that sound and making it sound not exactly like the, the album, but get closer to those little, like you said, those little sprinkles on top that just helps make that song what it is. Exactly. All right, cool. Let's now you said this is not going to be released till later in the year. I don't have to release this episode until that album comes out. So if there's like certain songs you like to put on the podcast that people can hear and so they can go into your, you know, wherever links you have, you know, your link tree or whatever, and they can go band camp, buy it or listen to it on streaming. Um, is there any like two or three songs you want to talk about, like a little story behind them and then we can um, put it in the podcast later on. Yeah. Um, so there's, uh, three of the songs have already been released. Okay. Um, they were two of the songs that were including on the EP um, were released in 2019. We're just kind of adding them into this EP to kind of put some sort of bookend to that era um, because it was stretched out so far with the break with COVID and us moving. Um, so Empty Space and Under Attack um, were already released in 2019. And then we released Stay the Same in January. Uh, the only thing I can say about the upcoming songs is we don't know yet what songs will be the singles, if only because we we have um, we are talking to interested party. We have an interested party who will be releasing this 
album and they are we have not discussed exactly what the terms of and what songs are going to be released as singles yet okay so that's the only reason why we're being a little coy about everything that's fine that's fine no i I understand that (laughs) yeah but i would say um so empty space is one i always like to talk about it's the first single i guess you could say for this that that's come off of this ep and it was a song that um, really was released on my late grandfather's birthday um, after he passed away. Um, the song was written from the perspective of someone who's lost their soulmate. Um, my grandparents were married for 74 years. We're wow. actually sitting in their house right now. My brother owns their house and we practice in their basement. So they're always very close to me. Um, but my grandfather had passed away in uh, 2016 and that was um, the chance that I had to write this song for him. Um, and then my grandmother passed away um, just about a year ago um, last year. So it, it, it's one of those songs that really means a lot to me. Um, I'm married to Zach. And, and so losing, seeing my grandmother go through that loss made me think of what it would feel like to lose my, my person, my partner in life. Um, and so I really like talking about that song. I think the video does a really good job of showing, um, what that feels like to kind of walk around your house with all these memories of this person and how that can be a struggle and really painful. Um, and then also like the relief and freedom in being able to say, I'm no longer going to grieve. I'm going to celebrate this person, but they're still with me, but it's, it's time for me to also kind of let go of that a little bit um so that's that's the story behind empty space
um, I guess we'll talk about Stay the Same because that was our most recent single. Um, Stay the Same was actually written only a few months after Empty Space and Under Attack, but it didn't get officially released until this year because of the break that we took. Um, that song was really originally recorded as a demo to shop to labels back in 2019. And it got shelved after we you know, decided to pick up and move. And we didn't know if that song would ever see the light of day. But when we talked to Nick and Rick about coming up to record last year, um, we kind of approached the subject of like, hey, this was the song that we always felt like had such potential and it was so good. We should go back and rework it. And then Nick offered to add in his vocals to the song, which is amazing because he's a great vocalist. He um, sings for a band called Hit the Lights. He has his own project called Thief Club. So we released it as Gold Steps and Thief Club. And the song is mostly about at the time we were going through some struggles with personal relationships with our friends where we just felt like a lot of people were stuck in these cycles of behavior that, you know, they didn't really like who they were, but they weren't really doing anything to change these, you know, outcomes that they continued to run into. Basically, they kept hitting the same wall over and over again and complaining to us about it. And we're like, oh, well, I mean, what are you going to do about that? And they didn't do anything about it. So it's all about like staying the same and like making all these like, oh, I want to change myself. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that and, and become a different person and become a better person. But instead, they just fell back into the same old habits and we just kind of got like burnt out on it. So yeah. that's what that song is about.
really great having Nick's vocals on that. And then we actually shot that music video in Milwaukee at Four Seasons Skate Park. So that was really fun. We invited um, a group of um, women roller skaters to appear in the video as well. They're part of um, CIB, which is Community Bowls, um, Milwaukee's chapter. Um, so that was really, really fun. We just basically screwed around all night and had a lot of fun. Excellent. Excellent. Is there a third one or do you just want to stay with those two? Um, well, Under Attack was the Under Attack was the other single that's already been out. Um, that music video is just a live, some live concert footage from a show we did in Austin. Um, and Under Attack is written for um, a person who was once very close to the band. Um, he was an ex. Um, I guess he wasn't really a manager. He was kind of like a friend manager. So he was a friend, a friend of ours. He was a friend of <laughs> So okay. he's a friend who offered to manage the band. Um, but he, there were a lot of things on a personal level that he did that, you know, weren't necessarily affecting the band, but we didn't like the association that it had. He just had a lot of demons to overcome. And there was an event that happened that we just couldn't really forgive. And we parted ways with him because of it. And there was a lot of anger and hurt feelings behind that on both parts. And I don't think he ever got over it. Um, that was my way of getting out those feelings on paper um, and in music, I guess, was to write that song and kind of, you know, kind of want to put put that that axe to grind away finally. Um, but there's still a lot of power in that song, and I still feel all those same feelings coming back when I play that song. Um, but it was written about one very specific person and I don't know if he ever listened to the song. Maybe he knows who, maybe he knows <laughs> it's about him. Maybe he doesn't. Um, but that song I think is really cathartic for anyone to listen to who's had a friend just kind of treat them poorly and just treat themselves poorly. And then realizing that, you know, you don't have to be a part of that and you can walk away and not have it affect. It definitely affected me mentally a lot because I wanted to save this person. Yeah. And I realized after a while that, there's no saving somebody who doesn't want to save themselves. And instead I was driving myself into the ground, worrying about this person who really couldn't care less about my efforts. So right. it was kind of about, it's sometimes, it's just, it's okay to walk away sometimes if it's detrimental to your own health. Absolutely. Yep. And I think there's a lot of people that have similar situations.
as you can tell, all of our songs have a very deep meaning. That's good. Know. <laughs> yeah, they, they all have like a, a real story to tell. So, yeah, I mean, good storytelling, I usually think, is something that you can relate to. And obviously, you have relatable lyrics. So, obviously, I think that's why you're having such the success you're having so far. Thank you. And speaking of success, why don't you guys kind of give a little bit of some of the success stories that you've had over the last couple of years? Yeah. Well, you, you, you. Um, <laughs> I feel like one of our biggest successes was actually winning. I actually signed up uh, for Reverb Nation for the band. And um, there was a little submission button for Warp Tour. And um, I just submitted it in all the cities because i was like hey if we can play each one that'd be amazing but <laughs> um they ended up picking us for san antonio and that to me was huge um and that just so happened to be when we were doing a u.s tour mm -hmm. so we actually ended our last show in south carolina or north carolina and we had to drive 20 hours 22 hours <laughs> straight to san antonio we got in at midnight and then we had to be uh, we had to be there at seven. 10 a.m. So it seven, seven. seven a.m. the next morning. Wow. We just slept, uh, got a good night's rest and then just went straight to it, set up and it was amazing. Um, I think also as far as as far as that goes, just being able to tour the U.S. in general, like that's a huge. That's a huge success. Uh, for a band, I think. Yeah. And then we also won another uh, contest to play So What Music Festival. And we actually played on a lot of our favorite bands, 10 year anniversaries uh, for certain albums. And um, that was actually a baseball stadium. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was in that Arling was Arlington, Texas. Mm -hmm. So just outside of Dallas. Um, and we we definitely hope to get back to that festival again. It's like a two to three day festival. Um, they've kind of they've expanded it as the years have gone on, um, and it's it's a festival that's full of different like sub rock genres. Um, okay. So they have a lot of metal bands, hardcore bands, pop punk bands, mm -hmm. just straight up rock bands, and then they've been adding in more hip hop and rap acts as you know they've grown so big and kind of since those we've seen more crossover between genres. So that's definitely a festival we would love to play again, um, if, if they're listening. <laughs> but I also think, I, I think from like a, a personal perspective, just as human beings, um, I think that one of, my, one of my greatest accomplishments has been the growth that we've had in the short time that the four of us have been together. I mean, we've only been this specific unit for, about 15 months okay. not even not even yeah like not quite 15 months, months just right. over a year basically and the four of us have gone through like that initial stage of like cool we're a band now what do we do writing songs sending them off to our co-writer and our producer and having them kind of come back and be like cool i like that you guys are working together but we know that you've got more in you so go back to the drawing board and what else can you bring us and really kind of working through that together um, sitting down at a table and writing a song on the spot with that team and having all four of us in the room, that's something that's never happened before in any iteration of the band. It was usually Zach and I and the producers, and then we would bring the rest of the band in after the song was written. Um, it always kind of was just Zach and I. So 
the the unique part about this specific lineup is that all four of us have had a hand in all of the new material we wrote for this EP. And that's just, it just isn't common. Even when we talk to our producers, they say that's not exactly common for a lot of bands um, at any level. So I think that what we've got here with the four of us is just incredibly, incredibly special. And that's why we've been hesitant to add a second guitarist, but that is something we're looking to add to continue to beef up and thicken up that live sound. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just from the human and music musician perspective has been a huge accomplishment, I think, for all of us. Yeah, and just to kind of jump on that bandwagon too, uh, things that we've kind of hinted at that we can't you know, say anything about yet, uh, just kind of speak to the successes that are to come for the band Yeah, based on how well we've been able to kind of push everything forward. So the future looks bright. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. Um, one of my questions is, is, um, gigs that have made an impression on you as either an artist or as an audience member, but you kind of talked about warp tour already. Do you have something else that's would fit that vein or would you call that probably the biggest impression on you? Oh, I think by far for me, my very first concert ever was warp tour in 2004. And that was, I mean, I had never been to a live concert before. So to all of a sudden be in the midst of hundreds of people in a crowd, I got there super early. I spent my whole day pressed up against the barricade and I got to see so many bands that became really important to my, my vocal inspiration moving forward um, to my stage presence. Um, I think that really just set the tone for me of like, this is my place. These are my people. And this is the area that I want to continue pursuing music. And my tastes have grown since then. Um, but I don't think any, any show, there's only been a handful of shows that I've ever cried at. Um, so I'd have to say that off the top of my head, Jimmy World and Death Cat for Cutie and Fall Out Boy have had just monumental emotional impacts on like how I perceive a show and what I want out of a show when I go to one. But Warp Tour for me just absolutely set the tone, I think, for the kind of musician I wanted to be moving forward in my life, the kind of energy I want to bring to a show and the kind of fan base we want. We want people who are energetic and involved. And I think that really shows in the music that we've continued to make throughout our career. I do have one as an audience member. It sticks out. Uh, I saw Coldplay in, I think, like 2005. <laughs> yeah, I saw Coldplay at, at uh, Alpine Valley in 2005. Or maybe it was 2006 or okay. 2007. It was a while ago. It was when they came out with their X and Y album. And like I still remember this. It was like the coolest opening to any show ever. Basically, they had a giant LED wall behind them. They came out and there was a clock counting down to zero, like a digital clock counting down to zero. And all you could see were their silhouettes, you know, up against this giant white LED screen. And as soon as the clock hit zero, like the music started and all the lights went on. And it was just like, it was super epic the way that they came out. And that was before Viva La Vida and all of their major like stadium rock shows. So like before they had, you know, the multi-million dollar productions at every single show that they perform now. Um, so it was, you know, right when they were on the cusp of becoming like a giant worldwide band. So even at that stage, just seeing how impactful that intro was, like when that first note hit and the drums and everything came alive, it just like the whole crowd erupted. And I just, 
thought to myself, I was like, man, that must feel so cool to be on the stage, like knowing that you're in total dark and in like two seconds, you're going to blast this music out to everyone. So that's always kind of stuck with me. And like the butterflies of playing the first note and the first song on stage, like, I love that feeling. There's I, honestly, it's like, it's one of the best feelings in the world. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, same. I'm going to kind of build on that. I think for me, it was like a performance experience. My brother was in a punk rock ska band back in early 2000s. It was um, called the Bullies or something. Their drummer had to go to uh, Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever rehab. He was gone. They had a huge show book. Um, he had me learn all the songs. And it was after that show, I was like, man, I want to do this, you know, um, just seeing the crowd go nuts and um, just seeing the reaction from the people. And it made me, that's when I realized like, okay, this is what I want to do, you know, so. What about Zach? Zach's I wonder what Zach's. I mean, I've, I've done all the shows with her. So That's right. true. I, I'm right there with her all the time. And what she said actually touched on every feeling I have. I feel like. Oh, they're one. <laughs> what about work life balance? You know, are, do you guys have oh, day jobs? <laughs> no, we don't have that. <laughs> See, no. we, go, we, we go hard all the time. We all work full time jobs and then, um, some. and then some. And we just we're just hustlers, I think, by nature. Like we we take the precious little bit of downtime we can when we get it. But we I mean, I think we all just kind of are, are lucky that we have employers that are supportive and I'm like, yeah, do what you got to do. Like, I mean, there was one like a couple weeks ago, um, Ryan, Liz, and I all went. We did three shows in a weekend. Attending. Oh, we, yeah, we, we attended them. We, we attended didn't perform. <laughs> and we actually went to a show in Ohio, uh, in Lakewood, uh, Friday night. Saturday night, we went to a show in Chicago. And then Sunday night, we went to a show here in Milwaukee. Monday night we actually rested and then Tuesday we played, played a, show. a show. So it's like non-stop for this uh for this band and this lineup. It's including like work, like we all ugh, I'd say super early. Yeah, I, I'd say like these three have three three jobs. I mean, so we all have the job, like or all of the band, that's like a job for right, all of right. us. Uh, then we all have full-time jobs. And then Liz and Zach are married and Mike is married to his wife, Michelle. So like there are three, you know, masters, so to speak, uh, that they all kind of adhere to. I only have the two, but then I also have a secondary <laughs> job on the side. So I keep myself busy in other ways. But um, yeah, it really is just like a balancing act, keeping every every one of those, you know, happy. priority and keeping them happy. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I consider the band my girlfriend too, so. Well, we have a lot of managers. There's a lot of managers in the group. So <laughs> the joke. Someone's cell phone's always ringing. Like yeah. right when we're going to try and practice or this or that. Either Ryan gets a call or Zach or myself or Liz. So it's funny. Work is important, but you got to work and play. There's got to be a balance there. Yeah. We, try to, we try to be flexible. We all know that we support and care about each other. So sometimes like our show on Friday, Mike yeah. um, had lightning struck his shop yeah. as oh, he wow. was getting ready to leave for our show. 
the power was on. Yeah, and so he, like, literally, it was literally on fire. It got struck by lightning. <laughs> and I got 30 technicians, you know, they work on commercial trucks. They're just standing there looking at it. It was interesting. Hmm. Luckily, my boss is awesome. Shout out to Mikey. He went in and handled it for me so I could go to the show in Rocco. So. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Excellent. Well, I only have like one more question for you guys, and that is, what are you listening to right now on your playlist? What's inspiring go you? All right, so I'm gonna. I've been listening to a lot of this band, Unwell. We just did a show with them. They rip. Um, they're from Michigan. Yeah, check them out if you haven't heard of them. Unwell. That's what I've been jamming the last week. Um, I've been jamming a lot of Between You and Me. It's a band from Australia. Um, Liz actually did some guest vocals for them at, at that show we went to in Ohio a couple weeks ago. Cool. That was amazing. Yep. Um, I've been kind of circulating. I always have Taylor Swift in my rotation because she's a fabulous storyteller and I take a lot of inspiration from her. Um, but then I've also been listening to a lot of bearings in between you and me. And then I also kind of like to dive into like different, um, pop music. Um, so like Charlie XCX just released a new song. Um, I was listening to this girl, Peaches PRC, who I guess kind of blew up on TikTok. Um, but I always kind of, I, I tend to listen to more female fronted um, groups or like female pop artists, just because I like to hear the different nuances in their voices. And um, I just, I guess I like to pull inspiration, but I would say my top right now are definitely Between You and Me and Bearings. Um, they've just been, and Taylor Swift, as always. <laughs> um, I guess I'm, more of a wild card like Liz. Uh, Zach always makes fun of me when I'm driving because we get in the car and it's usually like EDM Swedish or something. Pop. Yeah, Swedish. Swedish music. Yeah, I have a huge affinity towards Sweden. I haven't even been, but um, I would say right now I'm listening to a group called Kate Boy who hasn't put out music in four years, but they are from Sweden. Okay. Uh, and it's more of like an EDM dance type, um, female fronted dance duo. And it's I don't know. It's really awesome. And uh, their their whole vibe is very monochromatic. So all of their music videos are black and white. They only wear black or all white on stage. And it's it's a whole vibe. So uh, I don't know. I'm totally into that right now. And they are subjected to it every time that they get in the car with me. So <laughs> the French, the French one we were listening to last week, it started with an S, I think, because I liked I like that DJ. Um, Some sort of no, that was another Swedish DJ. Oh, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was French. The accent threw me off. Yeah, um, Moana or something like that. I can't think of the name, but yeah, yeah, a lot of Swedish stuff. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Is there any questions I haven't asked you that you wanted to be brought up? Um. Mm. Yes. Okay. If we could play with anybody, who would it? Who it would be? Uh, okay. So let's do that. If there's any musicians out there that you would like to perform with, which uh, who would they be? All right. For me, Dua Lipa, because I'm in love with her. And it would be amazing to share the stage with her. Yeah. <laughs> I think mine's always going to be, it's always going to come down to probably Fall Out Boy or Taylor Swift. Just mm. I'd, I'd rather write a song with Taylor Swift, but I'd rather perform with Fall Out Boy because Patrick Stump is probably one of my biggest vocal inspirations. Just like the depth to his voice and the runs that he does and how full and resonant it sounds. Um, he sang guest vocals on a song for a band called Transit. And it, I just love that his voice is recognizable. Like no matter where you hear it, you know that it's him. And you can always tell when it's not Brendan Neary, even though people seem to think that Panic at the Disco and Fall Out Boy sound very similar. 
there's there's a depth that's there with Patrick's voice that Brendan's is a little more um but a, a little more tenor I think to it so mine would be newfound glory I think that would be insane yeah the king uh pop punk so sure definitely I would say Blake would too huge inspiration growing up that would, oh, be that would be just a Miracle. What if we did Gold Steps, Newfound Glory, Blink Bonanza? Right That'd right. be a good lineup. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So, where can people go and listen to your music? Pretty much everywhere streaming music is. We are not on Pandora just because our distributor with DistroKid doesn't, we have to pay for it and we don't. Okay. <laughs> but we are available on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music. Um, our songs are all up on Bandcamp as well. Um, YouTube, all of our music videos are on YouTube. They're also on Facebook and Instagram. All of our social media handles for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are at GoldstepsNKE. And we also have a fancy schmancy website at GoldstepsNKE.com. Um, so you can find everything you're looking for there. We also have a link tree, which is just link tree slash Goldsteps. Sweet. <laughs> And I'll put all that information in the show notes so people can go and click on that if they Great. so choose to, or they can probably do some Google search with your name and then they'll pop up anyway. So that'll be cool. Yes. Oh, we are named after another band's song. So sometimes the band Neck Deep will come up, but we have their blessing because we met them at Warp Tour and yep. they signed one of our t-shirts that says Gold Steps and a postcard with our faces on it. And they said they thought it was cool that we were named after one of their favorite songs that they've written. So fantastic. Well, thank you so much to Mike, Zach, Liz, and Brian to, for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. It was a pleasure talking with you, listening to all your great stories and everything that's really positive happening with you guys. Well, you as well. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us. us. Thanks a lot. All right. And yay, Wisconsin. Go yes. Wisconsin. Well, exactly. Well, that's <laughs> Bye. Love Wisconsin music. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast. We'll be back again next week. If you're interested in being a guest on the Wisconsin Music Podcast, head over to wisconsinmusicpodcast.com, fill out the guest request form, and then in your spam or junk email, sometimes the follow-up email shows up requesting your bio and your social media links. And then I'll send out a link to our scheduling calendar and we can get you on the show. Have a great week, everyone.